You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 351. In this episode, I talk to Liz Melville about Facebook ads and why they still work. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. In today's episode, I speak with Liz Melville. She is highly regarded Facebook ads specialist who currently works with some of the online industry's biggest names and manages multiple six-figure ad spends each month. With over 10 years' experience in Facebook marketing, she's passionate about empowering online course creators to confidently leverage Facebook ads to unleash impactful growth. Before we dive in, I want to tell you more about my biggest and boldest project to date, which you have surely heard about already if you have been listening to this show. I've started to reveal and interview the speakers for the Selfmade Summit. First speaker to be announced is Denise Duffield-Thomas. In the interview that I did with her on my Facebook page, I asked her why she was speaking at the Selfmade Summit, what Selfmade means to her, and what she's going to speak about. It turns out that Denise doesn't like speaking, but she's doing it anyway. She is flying 16,000 kilometers from Australia to Iceland to talk about her story in a raw and vulnerable way. If you don't know Denise, she's a self-made millionaire who helps women get over their money mindset blocks. I couldn't be more excited to have her speak at the Selfmade Summit 2020. Do you have your ticket already? Super early bird tickets sold out in 48 hours and now early bird tickets are available. There is very limited number of VIP tickets left, so if you want one, go and grab yours ready now. Go to the show notes of sigma.com forward slash 351, where you can find out more about the Selfmade Summit, secure your early bird ticket, and find all the links to Liz Melville. I'm so excited to be here with Liz Melville to talk about how Facebook ads and why they are still working. Hi, Sigrun. I'm so happy to be here. I've been waiting a long time to do this and I'm excited. Yes. It's been a while since we scheduled and rescheduled <laughs> and I've been on your podcast. We have worked together. That's how we know each other. And I really wanted to get you on the show to talk about how Facebook ads have changed because... You know, I started to do Facebook ads 2014, and I wouldn't say it was easy, but compared to today, it felt like kindergarten. And now it's gone on to university or something has happened, and it's not really as easy. We want to give people the hope, like why they should learn it, and then talk about what are the potential uh, challenges happening right now that would potentially cost people want to outsource it. 
I think that's a great description that, yeah, as you say, in 2014, it did feel like you just had to go to kindergarten to learn it. It was so much easier. But at the time, I still thought it was quite difficult. And and I think that fear never really goes away for people when they're first looking at Facebook ads. It doesn't matter whether it's way back then or now when it is more technical. There's still that fear of just what do I do? But I mean, I, I would want to say to him, it doesn't matter whether you've got to go to kindergarten to learn or to university, it is still learnable. And I think that's the key point to really get across. And, and I keep saying to people, if I can do it, if I can learn Facebook ads, when I don't like numbers, and I don't like details and I can get good at it, then anybody can. So I'd, I'd want to offer some little glimmer of hope right at the start here for everyone. <laughs> so actually, on that note, what's your background before you did Facebook ads? So my background is completely different. Um, I actually started out, my first career was as a hotel manager. Um, so I was in hospitality industry. I love doing that because I'm a people person, love chatting to folk and, and giving them a good customer experience. And then I got into financial sales. So I worked for a blue chip company here in the UK, um, worldwide known. But yeah, I was I was selling pensions and investments and really exciting stuff like that. So <laughs> that- it wasn't quite, you know, clicking for me. So it was at that point, I actually, we were wanting to try, try for a family, um, myself and my husband, and it was under a lot of stress. It was in kind of middle management and just felt, you know, this wasn't going to happen unless I got stuff off my plate. And the option to get made redundant came up. I seized it with both hands and kind of went, well, okay, that's great, but I still need to work. I still need to do something. What's that going to be? And that's when I kind of got into social media um, marketing really at that stage because it was, I mean, that's back in 2009. It was kind of really just becoming a thing. And Facebook wasn't that old and people weren't really jumping in as businesses onto Facebook quite so much as they do now. So at the time, I had a little hobby business and I was actually um, telling friends on Facebook what I was doing and I was selling things through that just by telling people. And I think that was a light bulb moment for me. I kind of went, you know, there's something here. There's something about Facebook. You can use those connections to actually build your business. And I just then seized the business opportunity to get into that and started by helping people with all types of social media networks. But that quickly morphed down into just Facebook because I love Facebook. And then even further, I've niched down into really just concentrating on Facebook advertising. When did you niche down and just into Facebook ads? So Facebook ads, I would say around about 2015, I thought I need to get to grips with these because organic reach was going down and down and down, as we all know. And I felt as a Facebook marketer, I wasn't serving my customers as best I could if I didn't understand the paid aspect of Facebook. So I started to really dive into them, running my own ads and very quickly realized, Liz, you need to take a course. You need to learn this properly from someone who knows what they're doing. Because I think it's all too easy to think, well, I can just Google, I can put it all together. I can figure it all out on my own, but it takes so long and you make so many mistakes. And and that was a big learning curve for me. So really that was when I first dived into it, but it I resisted it hard to actually offer it as a service. And it wasn't until I think it was 2016, early 2017, that I started to say, you know what, I'm going to go all all in on this and only this. And yeah, I've been no looking back ever since. So just talking about organic and paid, that discussion still comes up today. A lot of people will resist 
putting money into ads and, you know, just hope for the best, share on all channels. Why should, why doesn't that work? What a great question. And I think things have evolved. And from Facebook's terms, the reason that it's become harder is the vast amount of content that's going on to the network. So, I mean, this is a few years ago, it was estimated that the average person with a Facebook profile could see anything between 1,500 to 15,000 pieces of content on their newsfeed in one day, just from their average number of connections, friends, the groups that they're in, pages they like, all of that. Now, if you can imagine, could you imagine 15,000 pieces of content? You would never get through them all. So Facebook introduced the algorithm. We all know about the algorithm and started to kind of filter out content based on what it felt you would most want to see. So there was a lot of kind of rankings and, and criteria that it used to, to, to work that out. But that inevitably has meant that if people are not engaging with your content, then they go down the ranking for what Facebook will serve to them. So they, they see less of it. So organic reach has gone down and down and down. And it, it's got even worse, I think, because Facebook is trying to protect its account holders from spam, fake news, all the things we see in the, in the news. So it's, it's become more of an issue to get seen. But I still believe it's still possible. It comes down to serving good content and actually serving great content, content people want to engage with. And what I see is the pages and the business owners who are embracing that and really taking the time to craft their content, they are still getting great engagement and they don't need to rely on paid traffic quite as much. So I think it just becomes a question of, of saying, look, I need to take this on the chin. If nobody's engaging with my content, it's not just the algorithm that's against me. It's actually, I'm just not creating good enough stuff. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I know from my own page, but also from many of my clients, like some are really good at creating engaging content. It comes naturally to them and it doesn't come naturally to everyone, but then you just have to spend a little bit more time and learn it. As we said, you can learn anything. Why is it important to have some organic content? Let's say I know there are others who have just given up completely on their pages and even or just post crap and then they want to fix it with paid ads. Why is that not a good idea? Yeah, I, I've spoken about this before and we have a saying in Scotland that you can't polish a turd. So I hope it's okay for me to say that. But what that essentially means is, and the other, the other part of that is that you can roll it in glitter, but underneath it's still a turd. So it, it's the same with paid traffic. If your base content isn't up to scratch and nobody wants to, to look at it organically, then you can chuck money at that and serve it to even more people. You're not going to get magically get engagement just by creating a Facebook ad. So it is important to start with organic content and, and really craft it that you know what people are reacting to before you start to spend ad dollars on it because otherwise it's just a waste of money. So I still feel organic is important. I think that's where people should start to really craft their message, to tweak it, to hone it, to even looking at the images, the, the kind of creatives that people are reacting to and, and just what hits the sweet spot. And when you've got that, then your ads are going to be far more effective and you can take them to more people. But also, if you get engagement going on your page, Facebook will reward you with probably a lower ad cost because it's looking at your page and saying, this is really interesting. People like this. 
They want this content. Therefore, we'll rank it higher in the algorithm and we will push your content out to more people. And if that happens, then your ad costs do go down. So it's a kind of a really good circle to get into. Your ad costs go down, your organic reach gets better as well. So it really is about starting with that organic content and making that great. Mm. So if someone is, for instance, planning a launch, let's say it's three months from now, you would say the first step would be just beef or your organic reach first before you start to put money onto ads. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've got a framework, a blueprint for sort of accelerating growth in a launch. And the first step for that is creating awareness. And a lot of that is your organic content. It's really starting to be visible. And I think it's that kind of thing that, you know, we, we, we run a launch, we finish it and we go, right, that's it. I'll just down tools for the next little few months and I'll start planning out my next one. Actually, that's when you should be starting with the awareness. That's when you should be starting thinking about the next launch, getting content out and starting to raise awareness ahead of it. And then maybe doing some engagement ads that start to take that content to a wider audience because that will build your audience ready for the next launch. And the more you can do that, the more organic you can use and the more you can then, you know, promote that now and then to reach more people, the bigger impact that's going to have, the more people you'll have to go through the next launch. So it's a, it's a definite place to start. So instead of thinking of like, oh, you're seeding before a launch for a few weeks, you should basically the whole year round be seeding. Absolutely. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I think you should almost never stop doing that. That should be part of your, your strategy the whole time and it will be a benefit. And where, where I see entrepreneurs who are going online and they're having massive launches, that's the difference between them and people who are struggling. They are constantly putting things out there to raise awareness, to disturb, to, you know, invite people into their world. And I think if you constantly do that, it does really help when it comes to your launch. But I think it's also a lot of people have a fear around that. It's like, well, what, I've got to spend money on ads all the time, you know, and I get that. I can't afford that. But an engagement ad doesn't need to cost much. You know, you could put a dollar a day on that and that would still be better than doing nothing. It would still get you lots of people eyeballing your content and making them aware of what you do. So would that be the best place to start for someone who's not done Facebook ads before, engagement ads? I think it is for a couple of reasons. So I think, first of all, it's really helpful in you getting used to your messaging and how you want to speak to your clients, what they're resonating with. So you want that engagement. And so that's a good place to start. But also an engagement ad is probably one of the easiest objectives to set up because you can just put a post on your page, go into ads manager, choose the engagement objective, set your targeting, and then choose that post as your ad creative. You don't need to, you know, really set something up from scratch. You don't need to play around with the pixel. You don't need to have that at all. You can just get that post out there and also test out your targeting. So it's playing around with, you know, who can I reach on Facebook? Where are they? And which of them are reacting to my content the best? That is what people struggle with when they're doing it for the first time. Like, who is who who's the audience now if you don't have a lot of followers you obviously have to target other people's pages or interests or behaviors or something else like you're not you're not able to do a lookalike or uh you know upload your email list if, if the following isn't huge 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with that. It's like, well, I haven't got a list. I haven't got people I can target with my ads. I haven't got many people visiting my website. Um, I haven't got many page likes, all of those excuses that we make for ourselves. But you can, as you say, still target other people's pages. But even before that, you should be looking at it and thinking, well, how can I build those audiences? How can I use some engagement ads, perhaps really simply, to build my own audience? So it can be a case of, you know, looking at it as, as like a bucket. How can I fill buckets like getting people to engage with my page? And the best and fastest way to do that is put video content out. Go live on your page, upload pre-recorded videos, and then target people who might want to watch that. That's going to help you build your own audience that you can then turn that into a lookalike audience. But initially, if you have kind of got nothing, you kind of got to do a bit of research. And, and I know a lot of people resist this. It's kind of, oh, I'm just going to dive into Ads Manager, start typing in things. Go, I can't find people. I don't know where they are. So do your research first. And I always will start with a blank piece of paper. I'm old school. I'll get the notebook out and I'll just start writing, okay, what are the interests these people have got? What makes them tick? What lifestyle stage are they at? Have they got kids? Are they at university? Are they older? Are they retired? What are they? Are they men? Are they women? And kind of write down all the demographics, but then get into the psychographics about, you know, what, what books are they reading? What are they interested? What shows? What TV programs? All that stuff that might feel on the surface that you don't need to know, but you do. Because if you tap into that, all these, we tell Facebook everything everything. We'll tell them if we watched Game of Thrones last night. So you can start to build a profile of your ideal client. And because they're telling Facebook what they're doing, you can go in and target that. So you really can reach them right where they're at, depending on you know what, what they're doing in their life. And so do your research. And, and another way to do it is actually off Facebook, go into Google and actually type in things like, you know, the best books that online entrepreneurs want to read or whatever your niche is. Do a little bit of research on Google and you will find lots of things that you can then take back to Facebook and start to see if they come up in the targeting options. So let's say you're a little bit further in business, you are launching. Why should someone not be running their ads themselves? Oh, that is a good question. Um, so... I firmly believe that you should not be running ads yourself when you're at the stage that you have tried and tested your launch, you've put an offer out and you know it's converting and it's working. And also you've done that, that you have a good understanding of how Facebook ads work yourself. When you've got that together, I feel that's a really good place to be to say, right, I'm now ready to outsource somebody running my ads for me because that frees up your time that you can take that and, and really focus on your zone of genius. You can look at the revenue generating activities while someone else is, you know, looking at the traffic and the leads getting them into your launch. And actually what I see doing for a lot of entrepreneurs is it, it frees up their time to, to show up for their audience instead of being behind the scenes, looking at how do I generate the leads, what targeting options and all that stuff that's quite time consuming. They can get in front of the audience instead and, and really sh let their personality shine. That makes such a difference to a launch. So when you know that launch works, it converts, you've tested it out, you've got to grips with the, the basics of Facebook ads, that's a good time to be able to instruct a Facebook ads manager to go off and do that for you, as I say, while you focus on what's going to really make a difference. Well, there are also others who just never want to 
go in there and learn anything about Facebook ads, they've decided that they are not tech savvy. And why is that not a good idea? I'll be honest, Sigrun, I, I, I'll be quite straight talking this. I call that bullshit because to hide behind it that I'm not tech savvy, I don't like numbers, therefore I'm not going to do ads because I won't be good at it is just rubbish because I think as a business owner, we need to control the numbers. If you don't focus on the numbers, you do not have a business. And Facebook ads metrics can run away from you so fast and you can spend and waste a lot of money if you don't know what the figures are telling you. And that's the figures that your ads manager could be telling you. Do you know they're true? Do you know what good looks like that you can direct them and know that your business is on track? If you don't know that and you don't take the time to learn it, you are just steering your ship mindlessly in the middle middle of the ocean and that's not a good place to be. So I, I liken it to, I've said earlier, I hate numbers. I hate detail. And the biggest bane of my life in my business is accounts. Detest it. Now, I outsource that. My accountant does all that for me. I have a bookkeeper. But if I didn't know what my profit and loss statement was telling me and what the key figures were when they send that back to me, I would be clueless. I wouldn't know if I was in profit. I wouldn't know if I was being embezzled. (laughs) So it's the same with Facebook ads. And I hear so many horror stories of people saying, this is a blind spot for me. I'm not techie. I'm going to get rid of this responsibility, give it to someone else to run the ads. And then they end up losing thousands, spending money on an ads manager, nothing to show for it. And they wonder why. So I really would encourage everyone to at least know enough to be dangerous that you can collaborate with an ads manager and and really direct them and give them the targets you want them to hit and then know what good looks like when they give you the numbers back. Very good. Yeah. So I learned all about Facebook ads. And then even even if I kind of liked it, then uh, I started to outsource it. Because as you said, you've got to show up. Like when behind, behind, hiding behind the numbers is not going to bring you necessarily more clients. And it's a game changer when you show up more in your launch. People feel your presence and you are not behind the scenes writing another email or running your ad. So that's really been a key in my launches. But things have changed. So it started, uh, when was that? Is it a year ago where there's been things like Cambridge Analytica, obviously, but also the presidential election, like Trump and the Brexit, people are seeing, as you said, fake news. There are people being targeted too narrowly. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of things happened and, and information stolen, all of that. Now it has impacted advertisers. How would you describe the impact it had had? Yeah, I think there's no getting away from it, Sigrun. There's been a huge impact I still firmly believe that Facebook's intent is good because they are trying to clean up the network and they've had to. There's been a lot of political pressure on them. We had the Cambridge Analytica scandal, as you, as you said, which I think is getting on for two years ago now. It's ridiculous how time flies. But you know, as a result of that, they've had to kind of look at how they protect their account holders, how they make sure they're not being manipulated, that they're not being served fake news or, or things that are not a good user experience. And that's the key thing. They want everyone to have a good user experience and have positive sentiment on the network. So they've tightened up the screening of Facebook ads and and it's just part of the whole cleanup act. They're making sure that it's good quality advertising that's going out there and that people are not being singled out. People are not being focused on or targeted unnecessarily and preyed upon almost. So to do that, they tighten up the algorithm. They tighten up the screening that every single ad goes through 
and to try and make sure that there's not, you know, phrases in it that are are not a good se- sentiment, that are negative, that are singling people out. So they're really making sure that to enforce ad policy, the ads go through this artificial intelligence to screen it. Now, that artificial intelligence makes mistakes. What I'm certainly seeing is it's been tightened up so much that it actually gets very difficult to get ads through, even when your intent is good, even when it's a really great, well-written ad, it doesn't guarantee it's going to get through. But I think it's then a case of it's Facebook's rules. There's nothing we can do about it. If you want to advertise on Facebook, you've kind of got to get familiar with policy and give it your best shot to get it through. And if you hit an ad disapproval, it's being proactive about that and saying, right, I'm going to get in touch with Facebook. I'm going to try and be contrite. I'm going to be, you know, show that I want to sort this out. I'm being a good advertiser. I'm being a good girl and try and work that out that you can get it approved. It is possible. And when they see you doing that, you won't get your account shut down unless you get a whole raft of ad disapprovals all at the same time. That can sometimes lead you into hot water. So for me, the approach I'm taking now is planning launches well in advance, that the ads are set up, you know, even a week ahead of time that we can almost set one up, get it approved, go through the whole process backwards and forwards. And when we know that one's okay, use that same post ID and other ads that we know we've got a good chance of it being approved. That takes time and that's frustrating. But I think it's the kind of world we live in now that you've really got to plan in advance and and play the game. I think what has been uh, most surprising in this process is, as you, you mentioned policy, like you can really look it up. There's a page where you can look up what's allowed, what's not allowed, which was something that you, you had to learn uh, running ads in the last year. But there were things like, you cannot use the word other. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things, it's, it's a kind of gray area because some people use certain words and get away with it and the ads show, others do it and it gets rejected. I've even run campaigns and we've had this situation where one ad gets approved and the identical ad that you put in a different ad set doesn't. And there's no consistency. That is incredibly frustrating. But a lot of the times it's not the specific words. It's not like you can't use other. It's the context in which you use it can sometimes trigger it. So Facebook isn't just looking for individual words. It's almost the phrases that it sees as being, no, we don't like that. So one word that they don't like is you. Are you feeling depressed, for example? That's pointing the finger at someone. Is it you? Are you depressed? Therefore, you've got a problem. You've got an illness or a condition or whatever. That's what they don't want to happen. So if you can rephrase some of these things, it's not that you can't mention medical things. It's a case of how you phrase it, that you're not singling someone out as having it. And it's the same in the health and wellness industry. You've just got to be careful how you phrase things. Make it more inclusive. Use the word we more than other or you. That will often help. But I mean, what I know a lot of coaches are really hitting with is is using the word money, revenue, income. They are almost now straight away triggers for disapproval. And that's incredibly difficult to put your message across. If you're trying to help other entrepreneurs grow their revenues and genuinely serving them to give them help, and you can't say that in an ad, it almost feels like you're trying to put your message out with one arm tied behind your back. And I get that. That's really, really difficult. So I think it does take quite a bit of wordsmithing to get through Facebook now. Um, Sometimes it can feel like you're watering down your message a bit too much, but I think it is still possible. 
it's trying to combine what you say with the targeting you're doing to try and get as close to the people you want to speak to as possible. But I, I do get it. It can be incredibly frustrating right now. I think, yeah, it's been very frustrating. We've had three, four launches where it's like rejection after rejection after rejection. And you can't say things that you could say a year ago. And as you said, you can't say things that would be very normal to say to a prospective client. But I think in all challenges, this is a little bit like the financial crash 2008. In Iceland, you know, there were three, actually four banks that crashed. It unleashed entrepreneurship. Like in the difficult situation. So even if I, I feel myself very affected by these rejections and it has cost me a lot of money and time, but because of where I am in business today, I'm seeing like, well, maybe actually you can use this to your advantage. If you say, well, you start your launch early, you have to think a lot about your copy. We will have an advantage over someone who just wants to get rich overnight and is putting out crappy content and you know, a horrible message, they will not get through their, their ads. So I think just more careful planning. Like, I think someone will win. Someone is running ads. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the thing I keep going back to that you cannot get away from is Facebook needs advertisers. It needs advertising revenue to pay its shareholders. So without it, there is no Facebook. So why would they do something that is ultimately going to stop people advertising entirely? It's not going to happen. I think what they're doing right now, it's, it's almost like the new teacher at school. They have to be super strict to kind of enforce their, their authority. And then they relax a little bit because they've got people in line. And I think that's what we're seeing happening right now. I think we're seeing this. They're wielding the big stick and they're getting rid of the people who are just not advertising in a, in a good way at all. And the cream will rise. I think we will be left with the people who, as you say, took the time to plan it out, do it in advance, work with Facebook to get their ads approved they will come out on top. Um, and I, I firmly believe that. As hard as it is to hold on to that belief at times, I do firmly believe that. As I say, purely because Facebook cannot do their advertisers. And actually, they're opening up more areas where we can advertise. There's WhatsApp's going to come to the fore. There's a lot of new areas that they're opening up. So there's huge opportunity and potential for people who do instead of just moaning about it, actually say, right, what can I do to get through this? What can I do to meet this challenge head on and be the one who does come out on top and who can advertise and can really make my business grow? Yeah, that's what I believe too. So even though it's not fun to be in that situation when your ads are rejected, to look into the future and say, yeah, we're going to win because we're not going to give up. But you know, People start to question, do Facebook ads still really work? Like it's getting challenging, obviously. Ultimately, you have to outsource it. You know, it's more investment. Why are Facebook ads still the best tool for most online entrepreneurs? It's a really great question. It's an interesting one, Sigrun, because I see a lot of people sort of say, oh, I've just had a five-figure launch and I didn't even need to use Facebook ads. And it's almost like this badge of honor. I did it all on my own without Facebook ads. Aren't I great? And my, my kind of thinking when I see that is, but what if you had? What extra might you have got if you had used Facebook ads? Because for me, it is that whole question of time v money. Time versus money all the time. What's more important to you? So you can do it without Facebook ads. You can do it all organically. You can post on social media and you can you know do all that. How long is that going to take you to reach 
tens of thousands of people with your message that you can help more people as opposed to spending a little investing in Facebook ads or any other type of paid traffic where that vehicle is going to take your message and your content out to those tens of thousands of people just like that in one day. How long would it take you to reach people and make an impact like that if you're doing it on your own for free? So for me, it becomes a case of my time's the most important thing in my in my life because I want to spend it with my son. I want to spend it with my husband. So am I going to spend time and say, sorry, I need to be in a Facebook group today because I've got to try and find some leads? Or am I going to say, you know, I've just paid Facebook to go and do it. Right, let's go to the park. Let's go off and paddleboard or whatever. So I think when you want to see accelerated growth, you need to invest in Facebook ads because it is reaching far more people than you ever could do in the time that you have. So if you're serious about it, it is an investment that's worth making. But on the other hand, the ads have gone up. So is there a tipping point where you say it doesn't work? Like even in evergreen funnels, you know, when I'm coaching my clients, I've said, well, Maybe you have a low price product, but then maybe it's just a break even funnel and you'll have to get your money back through another program. That price for that basic program, if it's uh, evergreen, has gone up and up and up, right? Because the price is going up for ads. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's supply and demand. So as, as more people are wanting to advertise, obviously there's you know more people targeting individual audiences, the price does go up. So we have seen that happen. But I think it's really, this, this for me makes it all the more important that you know your numbers and you understand how Facebook ads work. Because if you can look at the price of your offer, you can work out from what your average sales conversion rate is, what's the most I can afford to pay to get a lead on Facebook ads and still make a profit. And if you have that number, you can pretty much control your ad spend that it doesn't get out of hand. You'll know whether a lead is getting to be too expensive. So I think it's a really good point to raise. Facebook ads will work. I think the question is, is is it costing you too much to get them to do the work for you? So that's where you need to get yourself back in control and understand the numbers that you can make sure you're not just, you know, chucking money at it. You're reaching more people, but you're actually losing money. That's not a place I'd want anyone to be. No, unless you do it uh, strategically, you know, uh, someone who's been longer in business could definitely do that. You could say, I'm selling a low price product, I'm going to lose a bit, but I have a higher price product that 20% of people will buy. So then it's going to be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people will say, no, I'm running a membership. It's really low cost, or as you say, it's a low cost product. And I just can't get even break even point. And I think you're right at that point, it's looking at what's further down the line. Is it worth it to me to get these people into my world that I can sell them something, a higher ticket further down the line? So it's looking at what's the lifetime value of that lead to you, your business to pay for it, to get it in using Facebook ads in comparison to the value and the the revenue it can generate over the lifetime of that person staying with you. Because if you can create loyalty, then they will buy from you over and over again. So, you know, even if you're having to spend $10 to get a lead in, that could generate thousands of revenue. So it's well worth doing if you know your numbers. And then the question comes, well, I'm just going to do Google ads or Pinterest ads or LinkedIn ads or YouTube ads. What do you say about that? I think yes, I think you should. I, I honestly, although I'm a Facebook ads expert and, and you know I'm doing myself out of business here, I think you shouldn't rely on just one traffic source. 
I think that is foolhardy because if things get so tight with Facebook, we, none of us can advertise and they, they change their revenue model, then we could all be going, oh, wait a minute, how do I reach people? So I think, you know, yeah, you should be trying different sources of traffic. I think it all comes down to where is your audience? Where can you reach them? And who, how can you pay to reach more of them um, wherever they're, they're sat? So if that's Pinterest, do it. If it's Twitter, do it. If it's LinkedIn, do it. But it all comes down to just controlling your costs and making sure that you've got your finger on the pulse of, of is it worth it to, to spend that money? But yeah, I think it's also it's looking at what stage of the buying journey are people at in your strategy? Because I think... Google ads for me are different to Facebook ads and a lot of other social ads because Google ads, you tend to see an ad on Google if you're already searching for something and using a specific phrase. Whereas on Facebook, it's social advertising. So you're not looking for something on Facebook. Nobody goes onto Facebook looking to buy something. So your advert popping up is, a, is more kind of, it's got to integrate itself in. It's just got to be more inclusive. It's got to be more social than actually I'm on Google. I'm searching for something and up pops your ad. So it's a different type of advertising. I think you've got to understand that. So you uh, hinted at some changes, some exciting things that are coming. What can people expect? You said WhatsApp, something else that we should be looking out for that is working really well. Insta stories. Yeah, I mean, Instagram stories and Facebook stories in particular, very few people are using Facebook stories. I think we're all jumping on Instagram stories and forgetting about Facebook stories themselves. So there's untapped potential there if your audience is, is on it. WhatsApp for business, I think a lot of people, again, forget that Facebook actually owns WhatsApp. And that's a huge messaging service, particularly in um, Europe, um, not so much in the US, but that's a big area of potential that as they open up advertising space on there, you can serve your ads, particularly if you're serving, you want to um, advertise to other businesses. There's a huge potential there. So I think it's always staying ahead of the game. Keep yourself up to date on what Facebook is doing and what they're giving you as an opportunity to advertise because it's a phenomenal opportunity. There is no more targeted network than Facebook for me and Instagram, obviously, as, as a sister company. So yeah, tap into that. So I think it's when you're, when you're creating a Facebook ad, not just, right, I've created a Facebook ad, it's going out on Facebook. Where else could I put it? Will I put it on Instagram? Is my audience there? Will I put it on WhatsApp? Will I put it on Messenger? Will I put it on the audience network? There are so many different places that people just don't realize that you can tap into. So again, it kind of comes back to learning about ads and instructing people where you want to show up uh, and really getting a sense of that. So yeah, huge opportunities. I think we will also see a further tightening up on ad policy. Facebook, there's already rumors circulating that they're tightening up on people who are running webinars, that um, they really want, they're trying to make sure that if you are sending someone to a masterclass, that it's not clickbaity, that it's not kind of, oh, sign up for this amazing thing and promising the world and not delivering. So again, it's back to user experience. So I think we're going to see possibly costs of that go up a little bit more and clamping down on what's being said in webinar ads. But that's not saying they're going away. It's just, I think it's helping the good advertisers rise to the top. Yeah. The good ones will win in the end. We will. We always will. We always will. <laughs> we shall not be vanquished. <laughs> no. Liz, how do people find you? I would love for them to come and listen to my own podcast. It's Ads That Convert. You'll find it on Apple and all the, the usual podcast players. Yeah. That's beautiful. When someone is already listening to a podcast, they're more likely to listen to someone else's podcast. I hope so. I'd love to have you come and pop me into your earbuds. <laughs> yes. Fabulous. Liz, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for updating us on Facebook. And yes, I still believe Facebook ads are the best way to launch. I love launching and we're going to get through this and 
go to the top. The good people will win. Absolutely. 100%. And I can't wait to watch you do it, Sigrun. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Early bird tickets for the Self-Made Summit are now available. Super early bird tickets sold out in 48 hours. You can get your early bird ticket now. Go to the show notes, signal.com forward slash 351, where you can find out more about the Self-Made Summit, secure your early bird ticket, plus find all the links to list Melwill. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me your Insta story or Instagram post using my handle sigruncom and the hashtag Sigrun Show. See you in the next episode.